Welcome back to The Rollout. I'm Jeff Pratt, and joining me as always is Trent Henrich. How's it going, Trent? It's going good. I'm really excited for this episode today. Yeah, me too, man. You know, today we're mixing things up again. Trent and I are currently in a mock draft lobby with 10 other people. We think there's a mix of strangers and my followers on Twitter. By the way, if by some chance you don't follow me, check me out at Hotline Fantasy for 24-7 fantasy football content. Anyway, we are going to be providing live commentary and analysis for this draft. Obviously, we are only picking twice, but we will be announcing every pick and giving our thoughts on them. I'm picking at five, and Trent has the 11th pick. And Trent, you know, we talk about this a lot because you and I do a good amount of mock drafts, but where do you think is the best position to be drafting in? What pick do you like the best in 12-team PPR mock formats? Yeah, I mean, for me, and I think you you would agree with me on this statement, is six is the best place to pick. You either get a top five running back, or at least pre-draft ranking-wise, or Michael Thomas, the number one wide receiver, and he was also the number one wide receiver last year. So I would say six. If I had to go a different route, I'd, I'd consider 12. Yeah, 12 is nice. Um, having a back-to-back pick is definitely nice. Uh, not a fan of one through four, to be honest with you, because I do think you miss out on top-end RB2 quality players uh, that you could snag in the late second round. They're not going to be there. Guys like Josh Jacobs, et cetera, like um, Derek Henry. Actually, Derek Henry is going to go in the first round, but guys like Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb even – uh, they're not going to be there if you have like a pick one through four. Um, I'm not honestly a big fan of pick five, but like you said, I am guaranteed to get a good running back, which is my strategy. And we are actually on the clock right now, so we might as well start. Uh, just a disclaimer, this is going to be a little bit raw, obviously, because we haven't done this before. So there will be mistakes made, but we're just going to walk you through our th- thought process for every pick and what we think. Um, with the first overall pick, Team Baron did take Christian McCaffrey. Trent, this is the obvious pick. Do you have anyone that you would consider taking over McCaffrey in PPR formats? Yeah, I mean, I, I totally have, uh, you know, full belief in Christian McCaffrey being the best running back heading into the season. Um, he's pre-draft one. He was number one running back last year. I think he's going to perform to that level again. Um, you know, if you wanted to take uh, an, uh, maybe a shot in the dark and try something different, I could see Saquon Barkley finishing as the number one running back this year, but I think the safest number one pick is definitely Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, you know, speaking of Saquon Barkley, we've had two more picks uh, since we started talking, and Michael Thomas actually went second overall, and Saquon did go third. Trent, are you a fan of taking Michael Thomas in the top three if you have a top three pick? Because I know I'm not. I usually like sticking with running backs. I like taking two running backs to get them out of the way because the depth is severely lacking this year for that position. Yeah, and the thing is, if you really did want Michael Thomas in, in your re- in your real draft um, when your season starts, I wouldn't draft him one through three because I think you can actually trade down from that spot, get get maybe the fifth or sixth pick and added value in later rounds rather than – I don't know if I'd call it stretching for him taking him at two or three, um, but I don't. I think you can get him later and get better value out of it. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm actually on the clock right now with the number fourth overall pick. Team Paps took Ezekiel Elliott, who I think is a steal at that spot. So for me, I'm between Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook right now. Even if Michael Thomas was still on the board, I wouldn't take him. And honestly, normally I would go Dalvin Cook, but because of the holdout news, even though I think he does end up playing, I am going to go with Alvin Kamara. I love the system he's in, especially in PPR formats. New Orleans is going to be one of the most dynamic, if not the most dynamic offenses in the league this year. Kamar should have a great bounce back campaign. I feel comfortable taking him over Cook. I think he's definitely worth a top five pick. Yeah, I, th- I think Alvin Kamara will finish, you know, for no, I, I think if he avoids injury, um, he'll be a top, at least a top 10 running back, hopefully a top five running back in your case, especially if you're taking him with the fifth overall pick. I do like Dalvin Cook a lot, like you said. His holdout, you know, does give you some question marks. But, you know, um, by the time the season starts and by the time you're doing your real drafts, you'll probably know a lot more about Dalvin Cook. And maybe it's a guy you take over Alvin Kamara in that spot. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Team Ingliza is certainly not complaining. They got Dalvin Cook with the sixth overall pick. And the thing about Cook is I know he's been very adamant that he is going to hold out, but he doesn't have any leverage 
to be honest with you. You look and you look at how these guys that have been holding out, just like look like Melvin Gordon last year, it tends not to work out for you. Even Le'Veon Bell with the Steelers ended up taking significantly less money and going to the Jets. It within the running backs case, it usually does not work to hold out. Whereas with a quarterback or a wide receiver, those are positions that are not as replaceable, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that statement. I mean, um, I, I mean, they're definitely definitely easier to be replaced. Yeah, absolutely. So we have the first two wide receivers coming off the board that are not named Michael Thomas with the seventh and eighth overall pick. Team Cashin and Team Dupre took Devontae Adams and Julio Jones in that order, followed by Derrick Henry at pick nine. And this is why pick nine is a great spot for me, Trent, because you have the chance to get a guy like Derrick Henry, uh, who I think could be definitely a top three running back. He was the rushing title champ this year. He this he is running in a system in Tennessee where it literally just runs through him. And I know you're on the clock right now, Trent, so I'll let you go through your thoughts. Yeah, process. I mean, uh, with a 10th pick, Team Nut took Tyreek Hill. Um, I was hoping that Derrick Henry would fall to me at 11. That didn't happen. Uh, but the, for me, the best available guy uh, in my spot is DeAndre Hopkins. I'm happy he dropped me at 11. No complaints with taking him. You know, I would I would consider a running back in this 11th pick spot. Um, I decided to not take a running back just because there are as a big clump of running backs in the pre-draft 15 through 19 with guys like Josh Jacobs, Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler, and Aaron Jones still on the board too. So I decided to go DeAndre Hopkins and take the best available guy. Yeah, I mean, if you listen to these other episodes, I think DeAndre Hopkins has a great chance at finishing as the number one fantasy receiver. So I love that value in the late first round for you there, Trent. And as you mentioned, guys like Joe Mixon and Josh Jacobs, Joe Mixon just went with a first pick in the second round. Kenyon Drake went immediately after Hopkins. So you do see people stretching to take these running backs and leaving higher quality receivers on the board, like Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, obviously still there. Kenny Galladay is still there. I think he could easily be a top five fantasy receiver this year. But as we mentioned earlier, the running back position is just so thin this year that you have to stretch and get your guys. Yeah, and um, like you said, Kenny Drake went 12. Joe Mixon went 13th at the first pick in the second round. And Aaron Jones was still on the board for me. And I was considering taking him before with the pick I took with Hopkins. So I decided to take him with my second round pick, second pick in the second round. The only other guy I was, I was considering was Josh Jacobs. I'm really high on him. If Aaron Jones was off the board at that point, I would have gone with Josh Jacobs. But I'm really happy to, that Aaron Jones fell to me with the 14th overall pick. Yeah, you know, speaking of Josh Jacobs, he just went off the board. We had a slew of running backs go after you picked. Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, and Austin Eckler all went in the next six picks, as well as Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. So they're off the board. For me, I don't like taking tight ends early. Travis Kelsey, in my opinion, is the best player left on the board, probably the best fantasy option left on the board. But really, I like to go to running backs at the beginning. I said that Miles Sanders is the only one on the board, so I'm going to have to pass up on him. And I go with a young wide receiver who I think has the capability of being a really high fantasy receiver this year. I go with DJ Moore. Uh, That might be a little bit of a stretch taking over guys like Kenny Galladay, but I just love the offense that Moore is in, and I love his talent. Yeah, I mean, you're a big fan of DJ Moore. You're pretty high in him, and I think it's okay taking a wide receiver in that spot, saying you already have a running back. You went with Kamara with your fifth pick, and you're going to have another pick here in six or seven picks, and there's a slew of running backs in the pre-draft, you know, 29 through 37, where you can definitely pick up an RB2 to add on to your roster. Yeah, absolutely. So in the last couple of picks while we've been talking, Travis Kelsey did go right after me. Miles Sanders as well. Todd Gurley went pretty high in the second round. That's the first time I've seen him go there in quite a while. Then Lamar Jackson, George Kittle, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who the both of us hate to see go this early in drafts. Man, I hate seeing people take him in the third round. The fourth is the highest that I would even consider taking him. There are a lot more running backs left on the board that I would consider over him. But the question I have for you, Trent, is would you take Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes as your number one fantasy quarterback I mean, this year? I'm definitely going Pat Mahomes, especially after uh, they announced he just signed a 10-year uh, $503 million. Just, yes, over a half a billion dollar contract um, for a 10-year extension. I think he's going to kill it. I, like I said, they're my Super Bowl favorites and my Super Bowl pick, so I would go with Mahomes over Lamar. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on the clock right now. And as I mentioned earlier, there are great options at running back in this third round, in the early third round. You have guys like Leonard Fournette, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, and Melvin Gordon, who I all think could push for RB1 numbers this year. I am going to go with Leonard Fournette. He has the highest upside, in my opinion. We really don't know how Jacksonville is going to utilize his talent this year, but they don't have very many talented players on this team besides Gardner Minshew and DJ Chark. So I do think he still is capable of putting up high RB1 numbers, and that's why I went over Yeah, I have no problems with that. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of that pick. I said I'd want Fournette on you know, as many teams as I can get him on when um, the real season comes around because I, I think he's going to kill it. I don't think he's going to hold out. I think they're going to run him into the ground. He's going to see a lot of, a lot of work and, and a hefty workload on that Jaguars offense. Yeah, absolutely. So, Trent, you're on the clock right now with your third overall pick. What do you I'm think? I'm thinking I got to take a second running back. Right now I have Aaron Jones and DeAndre Hopkins on my team. Um, the running backs I'm considering are Chris Carson, Le'Veon Bell, and Melvin Gordon. Uh, I'm, I'm going to pass on Melvin Gordon in this spot. I'm thinking more Chris Carson or Le'Veon Bell. I like Le'Veon Bell's upside. He didn't perform great last season. Chris Carson does have Rashad Payne to compete with. Um, so I'm going to go with Le'Veon Bell. I think he's going to see uh, a big upstick in his numbers this year. I think he's going to get uh, a lot of touches, especially with still a young Sam Darnold um, at quarterback and not a lot of offensive weapons on that team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I like that pick. I think Le'Veon Bell still has high RB1 upside. He's just behind a horrible offensive line in New York, and they did a good job upgrading that to a certain extent this year. But picks that happened before you, Trent, uh, Allen Robinson went off the board right after me, as well as Juju, Patrick Mahomes, David Johnson, and Amari Cooper. Um, out of all those, the thing that sticks out to me the most is really Juju. I think him going in the late third round is an absolute steal. And I know you're on the clock here, Trent, so I'll get back to you really quick. But as we mentioned earlier, we both like Juju to be a top 10 fantasy receiver this year. And if you can snag him in the late third, that's huge value. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And as you said, I'm on the clock again. Um, I'm looking for a wide receiver too. I'm not going to worry about my flex yet. I'd like to fill out my core four first. Uh, my options looking at are Cortland Sutton, Odell, A.J. Brown, and Keenan Allen. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Cortland Sutton in this slot. I really like Drew Locke this season. Um, we're both really high on him. And I'm really high on Cortland Sutton, too. He broke out last year. And I think, you know, Jer- Jerry Judy um, was added to that offense. And he's still young. He's still going to have to learn to get in that system. And I think he's going to take some attention, actually, away from Cortland Sutton, uh, which would be nice for him to have another uh, capable wide receiver alongside with him. So I think Sutton's going to have a great season. Yeah, I like Sutton too. And I think you had a little uh, unfortunate there, Trent, because Robert Woods and Calvin really went off the board right before you picked. And I would have rather had those guys than Cortland Sutton just because of the system that they're in. And Cortland Sutton is in a very crowded Denver offense. Uh, as I said, I am back on the clock here. And I am also looking to fill out my second wide receiver slot. I have Kamara, Fournette, and DJ Moore lined up. And I love the options I have at wide receiver right now. We have A.J. Brown, Keenan Allen, Tyler Lockett, T.Y. Hilton, who I definitely don't want to take, and then a couple of other guys down the line. But I am going to stretch and take the guy that I know has wide receiver one upside in Keenan Allen. He's put together three straight 1,000-yard seasons with at least 97 catches per year in each of those seasons. The dude is a bona fide superstar. I don't care who he has at quarterback, honestly, whether it's Tyrod Taylor or Justin Herbert. Keenan Allen's value in the fourth round, especially the late fourth round, is incredible. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Keenan Allen. I've been drafting him as much as I could um, the last couple of years. But like you said, there is a big question mark at quarterback. We don't know who's going to end up starting for that team. If it's Tyrod, he may run the ball more uh, himself. And whoever the quarterback is, they're going to have to hand the ball off a bit earlier on in the season um, just to let the quarterback get their footing in the system. But Keenan Allen, as a player, is probably one of the one of the most talented wide receivers in the NFL and the most consistent wide receiver in the NFL as well. Yeah, absolutely. And while we wait for my fifth round pick to come around on the clock, we look at the guys that have been taken recently. Uh, Cooper Cup went. Melvin Gordon did go in the fourth round. I think that's pretty good value for him, followed immediately by Chris Carson. That's around the floor for where I'd say those guys are going to go in the fantasy season. Odell Beckham Jr. went in the pretty late fourth round as well, which we've been seeing him go pretty high this year, but I think that's about where he should be taken. Right after me, A.J. Brown, D.J. Chark, and Terry McLaurin went 
who those were really the three guys I were considering taking over Keenan Allen just because of their upside in their respective systems. Tyler Lockett followed those guys. T.Y. Hilton, who, as I mentioned, I'm staying away from at all costs, went. And then Mark Andrews, the third, I believe, tight end off the board, uh, went. And Jonathan Taylor is coming off the board in the fifth round. Honestly, I think that's a little high for him. But as we mentioned earlier, you need to get running backs when you can. So I understand it. Looking at who's left on the board at that position, you really only have James Conner and Devin Singletary as guys you could feel comfortable slotting in as your RP2. Yeah, I mean, and I don't mind um, searching for Jonathan Taylor there as well. But see, if you're a believer in rookie running backs, I, I'm not a big believer in rookie running backs, but we've seen some with a lot larger success than expected. And he has a great opportunity to get workhorse and a workhorse type load in that Colts offense. Yeah, and then following Jonathan Taylor, Raheem Mostert went off the board. I'm not a fan of taking Mostert that high. I know you and I would both rather have Tevin Coleman in the ninth or 10th round, which is where he's usually going, just because we have no idea what's going to happen with that 49ers offense. I don't know how some people are so confident that Mostert, who got the exact same number of touches as Tevin Coleman last year, is just going to take over and be this workhorse back. But for me right now, I'm on the clock looking to fill out my flex position. I have the likes of Jarvis Landry, Devontae Parker, James Conner, and Devin Singletary on the board. I'm going to stretch a little bit here, go down the board, take Stephon Diggs, who you know, if you've listened to this podcast, you know how high I am on Diggs. I think he has wide receiver one potential. That's great value at his current ADP in the fifth round. And, um, yeah, I really like Diggs as my flex. I've been picking up a lot in in mock drafts and the drafts that I've done so far for real leagues. Uh, Trent, I know you're not exactly that high on Diggs, but you have to agree that the value. Yeah, the there. value is definitely there, and, and he definitely is the number one wide receiver on that offense with a very capable quarterback. So there's no question there that um, it's a good pick to stretch for Diggs in that spot. Yeah, absolutely. And all right, Trent, you're on the clock right now. What do you think? You know, about? I'm thinking I'm upset that DK and Devin, Sing- Devin Singletary both went in the three picks before me. Those are the two guys I was eyeing in my. 11th, uh, 11th pick in this fifth round. Um, so right now on the board, we have Swift, Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green, Michael Gallup, David Montgomery. Uh, I'm in between A.J. Green and David Montgomery in the spot. And because I like going um, with three running backs, I'm going to take David Montgomery. Um, I, I just think he's going to see a lot of touches this season. And, you know, as one of our viewers said, he could see uh, RB1 upside this season. Yeah, absolutely. I believe it was Alvin Bailey that said uh, in our fantasy Twitter Q&A, which if you haven't checked out, go look at it. It was an extremely fun time to record. But yeah, Alvin said that David Montgomery has a path to RB1 contention. And we both agree with him because volume is key when it comes to fantasy football running backs. And Montgomery could easily see 260 plus carries this year. Absolutely. Um, And then following my David Montgomery pick, uh, Team Traviscus took Kareem Hunt. Um, with the last pick in the fifth round, who your guy, you're really high on. Yeah, I mean, I think that's great value for Hunt. As in terms of how he's going to do as a pure running back for the Browns, obviously Nick Chubb's still there. He's the workhorse back for them. But Hunt is just going to get involved in so many ways in this offense. Kevin Stefanski is going to love utilizing his versatility. They're going to run a lot of two back sets. Um, they're going to run slot out of this. They're going to run Hunt out of the slot. My apologies for that. Uh, they're going to find a lot of ways to get him involved. Yeah, they definitely – I mean, they will. I don't know if he'll be that involved. I think Chubb is that running back. But he could see t- time out of the slot, like you said, and that's where most of his value will come. Yeah, for sure. So you're on the clock right now, Trent. What do you well, think? Well, you know, now I'm looking to build up my bench. I'm not looking to stretch for a tight end yet. I'm not looking for a quarterback yet. I like waiting until later rounds to fill those positions. Um, I have three running backs in my team two wide receivers, one wide receiver who, you know, only broke out just last season and Corlin Sutton, whereas DeAndre Hopkins, I know is a bona fide star. I'm not worried about his production this season. So I was looking for a wide receiver to take. I had guys like Tyler Boyd on the board that I could take in. Um, Also Marquise Brown and Edelman. I decided to go with AJ Green. Uh, If he's healthy and he has a brand new young quarterback in Joe Burrow, uh, they rested A.J. Green all last season after he got injured. And instead of bringing him back and rushing that injury, they let him rest. They're going to come back fresh, healthy, 
Uh, you know, he's getting a little bit older, but I think he's going to put up some big numbers and maybe see some flashes of A.J. Green of old. Yeah, I mean, people forget how dominant A.J. Green was just a couple of years ago before the injury that knocked him out of last season, which was questionable because a lot of people just uh, thought that he chose to sit when he was uh, declared healthy middle of the season, which you can't really blame him because the Bengals were so terrible. But I am on the clock here right now, and sometimes I like to look tight end with the sixth-round selection, but I'm not loving the picks that are available. Darren Waller was just taken off the board. I would have loved to snag him. So like Trent, I am going to opt to fill out my bench here, and I'm going to go with a wide receiver that, in my opinion, just got a huge boost in value, and that is Julian Edelman with the arrival of Cam Newton. Edelman, he's got another veteran quarterback. He immediately shoots up in production. Edelman was, I believe, a top 10 fantasy receiver in PPR formats last year. Obviously, he had Tom Brady, and he was that number one target, but people were expecting a significant drop-off for Edelman because of his age. He's 34, but now that he's got a veteran quarterback in that system, assuming Cam Newton starts, I love Edelman's value in the sixth or seventh round. Yeah, and who knows in this offseason – um, Cam Newton, we already saw, reached out to Mohamed Sanu or Mohamed Sanu reached out to Cam Newton. And they already started working out together. So if Edelman and Cam Newton do the same and you know start building that relationship, they could have a connection before the season even starts. And he could come in week one if Cam Newton is a starter. And we know Edelman will be um, you know, our most consistent target uh, out of our wide receivers. And Cam Newton and Edelman could have a great season together. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... Like you said, Cam Newton and Mohamed Sanu have been working out recently, and Mohamed Sanu has been declared healthy as ever by his trainer. So I think that Patriots fans have a lot to be excited about for Sanu this year. For sure. And, and you know, since that Edelman pick that you made, we saw Marquise Brown come off the board, round six, pick nine, following him, Cam Akers, and then following Akers, another running back in Mark Ingram, who I think dropped a little bit. I, I know he has competition from with the draft jk dobbins um to be to be his backup yeah. this season uh, i don't think jk dobbins will leapfrog mark ingram this season maybe next season as mark ingram starts to fade out but i still think ingram will see a lot of goal line touches and have some value this season for sure yeah no absolutely i think that people are absolutely sleeping on mark ingram in this system because jk dobbins is really just a mini version of ingram and people are expecting ingram to be washed but he had a great season for the Ravens last year, and I think that Dobbins still has a long way to go before he can win that job from him. And, you know, right now we're at pick 76, round, round seven, and Jeff's uh, going to be on the clock here in a second, and Dak Prescott is still on the board. So I have a feeling. And you know what, Trent? Dak Prescott is queued up for Ooh. me, I think. Oh, no, and he just got wow. stolen from me. My team, Paps, he must be listening to the podcast. He knows that's tremendous value for Dak Prescott. I've been preaching that you might want to take him in the, in the fifth round, and he slid all the way to the seventh. That's absolutely crazy. I had him queued up. Now I have to go a different direction and look at who's still available. I don't love who's available at tight end. Uh, looking at the quarterback position, I usually like to wait a little bit, but there is one guy still available who I know Trent would love to take. Trent, I'm not going to leave him on the board for you. I'm going to snag the perennial top five fantasy quarterback in Russell yeah, Wilson. And that's a good pick. Um, I don't even know if Russell Wilson would have dropped to me at this point. I don't mind uh, continuing to beef up my team, maybe snagging a tight end and waiting on a QB from the clump of guys like Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Josh Allen, and Aaron Rodgers in, late, in later rounds. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have your shot at my favorite guy to draft in uh, round in drafts this year uh, for the quarterback position, which is Josh Allen. I think he's far too low ranked. Obviously, from a pure football perspective, Josh Allen is not necessarily an ideal leader of your team. But from a fantasy perspective, man, especially with his rushing capability, he has a huge arm. He's not that accurate, but he t- ticks all the boxes except for that accuracy, which I think he will improve on this year now that he has a solidified number one wide receiver and Stephon Diggs and Trent speak of the devil you are on the clock what are you thinking you know I'm in an interesting spot here I'm not a big fan of some of these guys left um, we have Keyshawn Vaughn Darrell Henderson I do like James White I like Jordan Howard not high on Lindsay not high on Shepard or Jamison Crowder I think I'm gonna go tight end here I think I'm gonna fill in my tight end slot I, I just want to be careful and make sure that the guy with pick 12 
who are also the first pick in round eight. Doesn't take the tight end I want who's left. So I'm going to go with Hunter Henry with this uh, late seventh round pick. Yeah, I think that's good value for Henry. I've seen him go as early as the early sixth round. So you're snagging him right before the eighth round. And Henry has a lot of upside, especially because you look at who's going to be quarterback for the Chargers this year. Whoever it is, he's got a lot of upside as their safety valve, whether it's Justin Herbert. Obviously, he's going into a situation as a rookie quarterback. He's going to be uncomfortable. He's going to look for the big body underneath to throw to when he's in trouble. And then Tyrod Taylor does love utilizing his tight ends when he scrambles outside the pocket. While he may may take some value away from guys like Keenan Allen or Austin Eckler because he's going to be running the ball more, I like Hunter Henry's value with either of those options at quarterback. So I think that's yeah, a good Yeah, I'm happy with that pick, but I am kicking myself because – the, both the guys I was considering taking with my next pick were taken by uh, the guy who had the last pick in round seven and the first pick in round eight, team, uh, tre- team Trevicus. So good picks by him. He went with Brandon Cooks, round seven, pick 12, and Jordan Howard, round eight, pick one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've been preaching how much we love both of these guys this year, and I think that's great value because Jordan Howard, he's not the most talented back, but Obviously, as we mentioned, volume is king, and he's in a great situation in Miami where he really only has to compete with Matt Breida for touches, and I think he'll easily win out the workhorse job for them. He could definitely see 200-plus carries this year. And then Brandon Cooks, man. People forget, prior to last season, he put together five straight 1,000-plus yard campaigns. The man is a bona fide star in this league. Obviously, health is an issue, but if he can stay on the field, he has a great opportunity to slide in as Deshaun Watson's new number one wide receiver. And that could be a pretty deadly pairing. And then with my next pick, um, after those two guys were taken, I decided to go with James White. He's had some big seasons in the past. I don't think Sony Michelle is going to fit into this offense if it is Cam Newton at quarterback. I think a guy who you know he can dump down to or Cam Newton can dump down to will be better suited. Um, this guy who's a better receiving back, and that's James White. So I went with him with my second pick in the eighth round. Yeah, and you know, I'm in an interesting position here because I have, as my flex and my first bench lot, I have two wide receivers. I really only have two running backs on my roster, so I need to stretch for running back here despite the guys that I wanted to take who were left on the board. And I am going to take Sony Michelle with my eighth-round pick despite the injury concerns. He may be on the PUP uh, list when the season starts, we have no idea how healthy that foot is after he got surgery to uh, relieve the discomfort that was there, which is obviously concerning on its own. You never want to have foot issues as a running back. I like Damian Harris as a candidate to maybe steal his job. But as we mentioned, uh, volume is king. Sony Michelle, if he's healthy, if he's in the system, even with Cam Newton at quarterback, he could definitely see a ton of touches. Yeah, and, and you were kind of in a tough spot there because – um, just before you picked, Darrell Henderson was taken, Philip Lindsay was taken, Keyshawn Vaughn was taken. So a lot, a lot of running backs that you may have thought have would have fallen to you were taken, and the only other options you would have had were guys like Marlon Mack, J.K. Dobbins, um, and, and a few other guys who just you know don't have that high of a potential um, coming into the season. Yeah, exactly. You know, and the only other guy that I was interested in taking is the guy I'm going to take with my ninth round pick right now because I am on the clock again uh, and I think it would have been a bit of a stretch to take him at that point and, and some may view it as a bit of a stretch now but I am going tight end left on the board we have Jared Cook, Noah Font, TJ Hawkinson I'm going to pass on all of them and go with my fan favorite this year which is Hayden Hurst I love the situation he's in in Atlanta this year sliding in as Austin Hooper's replacement I mean you look what Hooper's done the last couple of years he's not even that talented of a player but he went in Matt Ryan loves feeding his tight ends Mohamed Sanu's out of that offense Hayden Hurst is a very versatile weapon people forget that he was so highly touted coming out of college he was a first round pick for the Ravens so yeah I just I love that fit and I love his value at his ADP in the ninth round yeah that, that's definitely fair I'm I'm not as high on Hayden Hurst as you are I probably would have taken a guy like Noah Fant. I like. I just really like that offense um, in Denver or TJ Hawkinson because Matt Stafford will be back this season. He'll be able to connect with Stafford. And the only legitimate tar- other target in that offense is Kenny Galladay, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, people may argue that Marvin Jones is a solidified weapon, and, and I would consider that. Um, and honestly, Trent, you just picked again, and I love 
who you took in the ninth round, uh, pretty much the 10th round because it was the 11th overall pick in the ninth. But you got your quarterback. Tell yeah, I went got. with Drew Brees. Um, there, I was going to take Matt Ryan if he was still available. Sadly, he was not. Other guys over there were Josh Allen, who Jeff, Jeff loves. And it was actually taken with the pick uh, after uh, Drew Brees. Or I was thinking about taking Aaron Rodgers. But I do think Drew Brees, as I mentioned in an earlier podcast, especially the awards podcast, um, I said I think he's going to be the offensive player of the year and possibly the MVP. And I think he can lead this Saints team to a Super Bowl victory. So I, I wouldn't mind having the Super Bowl winning quarterback on my team. Yeah, and you know what? I didn't realize that Josh Allen was still on the board. So, you know, I'm not going to rate that pick as highly knowing that he was and that you took Breeze over Allen. Obviously, Breeze, from a pure football standpoint, is the far superior option. And you could argue that he could be the far superior fantasy option. I mean, he's got a great offensive cast around him with Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, even as another running back. And then they added Emmanuel Sanders, who trends very high on. But I just like Allen because of his rushing ability. Yeah, I mean, Allen is good. But just basing off numbers we've seen in the past, Drew Brees has the most 5,000-yard seasons of all time. And he already has his best offense coming into this season. So it was hard to pass on Drew Brees in that spot. Yeah, that is definitely fair. So... It's coming around the bend for my pick right now. We are in the 10th round. Uh, the likes of Emmanuel Sanders, Alexander Madison, Golden Tate, and Preston Williams went. And, you know, Alexander Madison, Trent, is a guy who wouldn't even be drafted unless you took Dalvin Cook as your handcuff. But now we've been seeing him go as high as the 9th or 10th round because people are afraid that Cook might not play this yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's a legitimate concern to have right now, but in, you know, two or three weeks before preseason starts, if that's the case, then really start considering taking Madison maybe even in the eighth round or seventh round as the season approaches. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I am on the clock again. And with my 10th round selection, I'm taking a wide receiver out of Carolina, not Curtis Samuel. I'm going with Robbie Anderson. And I think there is really solid value, actually, for taking Anderson as a late round pick. He's going to be lining up against number two corners, uh, in defenses this year he's a really speedy guy his problem has been inconsistencies throughout his young career but we know the talent is there and now he doesn't have all that pressure to be the number one guy he's going into an offense that's pretty safe with uh carolina with teddy bridgewater under center he's got other talented receivers around him so as i mentioned earlier there's not that much pressure to be the guy and i think he can flourish yeah, i think he can definitely flourish too um I think only time will tell with that pick just because you do have other options in the office, offense, especially options that you would prefer over Robbie Anderson. Um, you know, I think he's more of a, a big play threat like he was on the Jets, but we know he can put up big numbers. And with the new quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater, they could connect really well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we started seeing tight ends come off the board here, and Curtis Samuel just met. I uh, just went, just a shout out to him. Noah Font uh, went pretty late, in my opinion, round 11. I don't think I've seen him go that late in quite a while. So I think people are finally realizing just how crowded this Denver offense is going to be this year. And while we both are really high on them from a pure football perspective, a couple of their weapons, especially in fantasy, could definitely drop a little bit in yeah, production. there's definitely a chance. And I'm surprised Hawkinson's still there, too. Both very, very suitable tight ends. Both who could finish, you know, top six this year for tight ends if they have um, an explosive season uh, are still here in the 11th and maybe even 12th round. We'll see. Yeah, you know, I'm on the clock right now, and I'm tempted to go Hawkinson, but I trust Hurst. I think I can pick up a tight end that's suitable as a replacement for him if he doesn't work out later in drafts. There are a couple of wide receivers that I really love at this spot. Jerry Judy, Nikhil Harry, Justin Jefferson, and Jalen Rieger. I am going to go with the hometown hero here, take Nikhil Harry. I love his potential in this offense. Now that Cam Newton's there, I think he and Cam Newton actually would mesh well from a style-wise People are sleeping on Nikhil Harry this year just because he didn't have the best rookie season, but he was banged up a lot. And what you know, need to know about Patriots receivers, if you're not a Patriots fan, is that Tom Brady does not trust young guys. He trusts guys that have proven themselves for like 
three or four years in and out. He needs to know that he can depend on them. So if you're out here dropping a ball or two, like we saw with Jacoby Myers early in the season and Nikhil Harry, Brady's just going to stop looking your way. Muhammad Sanu started dropping a couple balls, and he saw like three or four targets per game for the rest of the season. Uh, and Brady really only opted to throw to Edelman. So now that Tom Brady's out of this offense, we have – a more unbiased quarterback in Cam Newton or Jarrett Stidham. I love Harry's potential. Yeah, he's got high potential in this offense. It's not very crowded in the wide receiver position. And he's a chance to break out and be a top two or three target for Cam Newton or Jarrett Stidham, whoever the quarterback ends up being. Yeah, absolutely. So there's tremendous value in round 11 for yep. me there. Um, he actually did win our sleeper bracket that I did for a league that I am uh, creating called the Quarantine Community League. Check out my Twitter for more details on that. But pretty much... What we're doing is we have 12 fantasy analysts, including myself, and our respective fantasy communities and followers are going to be picking and choosing our teams. It's going to be really interesting. Just a quick shout out there. Check out my page for more details. And Trent, you are on the clock right now in the 12th round. What are you yeah, thinking? I mean, and just to recap what I've done, uh, in the 10th round, early 10th round, 10th round, pick two, I went with Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, 11th round, pick 11, I went with Larry Fitzgerald. And 12th round, pick two, I'm going to go with a guy we've talked about, a guy we think has a lot of potential coming into the season and people are sleeping on, and that is Tevin Coleman. I'm going to take him, uh, you know, to fill out my bench, to help with that running back depth. I'm big on drafting a bunch of running backs because that position can get really slim and definitely, you know, with injuries and stuff, you really have to have a deep core of running backs. So with Tevin Coleman, I don't think Mostert – I don't even know if Mostert is the guy um, through 17 or 16 games this season. I think that Tevin Coleman uh, really can flourish as he did midway through last season. He had four big games. I think he can take the starting role away from Mostert and really surprise some people. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm back on the clock right here. And as I mentioned earlier um, – I passed on Hawkinson because I thought I could get a suitable backup tight end that could be a slot in as a replacement for Hayden Hurst. And I have my choice here, and that's Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper has been falling heavily in drafts this year. And the one thing I have to say is, while he might not be the most talented tight end in the league, the Browns paid him the money that they paid him because they expect him to be a big-time producer. And I love his potential as Baker Mayfield's favorite red zone threat in this Cleveland offense. Yeah, I think Hooper... Um, as we talked about a little, a little bit earlier in some other episodes, Hooper was definitely overpaid, but at the same time, he's still a great talent at the tight end position. And if Baker Mayfield figures things out, he could really connect with Hoop well. He could be a favorite big target of his. Uh, and you know, he's gonna have competition with Odell, with Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Jarvis. But that's as expected. But if Hooper can get those uh, red zone targets, he could put up a very solid fantasy stat line oh absolutely i mean before he was injured in atlanta last year he was on track to finish as tight end one by actually a fair margin and then obviously travis kelsey and george kill both went off and kelsey ran away with it but people forget that hooper was in the mix yeah they definitely did yeah so my pick in the 13th round is coming up here and there are 16 rounds by the way so we are nearing the end of this draft and i think i'm gonna look defense a lot of people will look defense earlier in an actual draft but because it is a fantasy draft i decided to go and get some more weapons instead of looking to take maybe an elite defense but i think there's a spot uh, there's a chance that an elite defense falls to me and they don't team paps once again stealing my picks taking the 49ers defense i thought that was a great choice it has great value in the 13th round uh but looking at the other defenses that are on the board we have the patriots we have the colts the broncos and the bears and you know what? I think I'm going to dig a little bit deeper here and go with the New Orleans Saints defense just because I think their offense is going to be on the field so much from one standpoint that their defense is really going to have minimal opportunity to be scored on. And uh, their defense was pretty good last the last couple of years. They have always been a solid option. Um, I'm not a defensive specialist when it comes to fantasy football, so I apologize from that standpoint. But the Saints are always solid. Yeah, the Saints are definitely a good defense. Um, you know, other than having the little blunder against the Vikings um, in that uh, was it divisional game uh, in the NFC a couple of years ago, they've always been a really solid defense. And the refs have kind of screwed them over uh, when they played the Rams 
um, in the NFC Championship a couple of years back as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right, Trent, you've been on the, lo- the clock the last couple of picks. Tell me who you took. Um, so I just took the Colts for my defense. I'm a big fan um, of their young core. They have uh, they've drafted pretty defensive heavy um, with guys like uh, Darius Leonard. Um, and, and I think that, that they've off, they've beefed up their defensive line. I'm a big fan. I think they're going to get a lot of sacks and rack up some points this season. Yeah, no, absolutely. So we're coming around the bend here in the 14th round. I'm on the clock, and we actually have a surprising amount of people still in this draft. So uh, I'm glad that those of you who have stuck with us so far. We did get a couple of auto picks early, but by this point, usually it's packed with auto picks. I'm actually pretty happy with the turnout. Yeah, I am too. I've had a really good time, um, and I'm on the clock now. I, I usually would take um, another positional player here instead of a kicker. I'm going to switch things up. I am going to take a kicker in this spot, and then I'm going to show some deep sleepers um, of guys who I think you can take in a 14 or 16 team league um, in your later rounds. But at kicker, I'm going to go with the most accurate kicker in, in NFL history or one of the and one of the most consistent guys who's still in the league, and that's Justin Tucker um, from Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, I love that choice. I'm going to do the exact same thing, get my kicker out of the way. I'm probably going to take Will Lutz or Harrison Bucker out of Kansas City and New Orleans, respectively, with my pick, assuming they both fall to me, and they both too. So I'm going to go with Bucker just because he's going to be in a position to score a ton of points because Kansas City is going to get on the board so much this year. And that leaves us both with two spots left, Trent. It's time for deep sleepers. Yeah, and this is also a point in time in when it's not even deep sleepers, but let's say you have, um, you know, a mid-tier running back that right now seems to be the starter, but you could find their backup just in case they get injured or maybe they just don't pan out. Um, you know, I'm considering just because I went with Aaron Jones, if A.J. Dillon is still here, they all take A.J. Dillon just to have that handcuff in case of injury. Yeah, I mean, I like it. Uh, A.J. Dillon certainly is a very talented back. And um, we just saw, speaking of handcuffs, we just saw Damian Harris go in the 14th round. Uh, I think that's great value if he ends up beating up Sony, beating out Sony Michelle for the job. And then speaking of other sleepers, Denzel Mims, who got a quick shout-out in our uh, fantasy football Twitter Q&A. Some uh, person, I believe it was A.B., said that he was going to be the top fantasy rookie PPR receiver uh, he went in the 14th round, and Mims is definitely in a great situation in New York. Uh, Sam Darnold has limited weapons, and Mims is a burner. He could definitely fit in and take Robbie Anderson's job. Yeah, he definitely could. Definitely is a burner, like you said. Um, I'm excited to see him play this season, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, me too. So, Team Paps uh, does not take who I was going to take, actually, for the first time, and it seems like five rounds. Uh, goes with Joshua Kelly. Uh, the L.A. Chargers running back. And honestly, that was a great pick by him, too. This guy really knows how to draft. Uh, when you look at the Chargers' backfield, Austin Eckler and uh, I believe it's Justin Jackson behind him. Yeah, they, uh, they're they not going to see a ton of carries this year. Obviously, Eckler is more of a receiving back. Uh, Kelly is a younger guy, and I think you could definitely see a bulk of carries in a, as somewhat of a replacement for Melvin Gordon, just kind of filling the hole right there. But yeah, for me... In round 16, I'm going to go with Anthony McFarland out of Pittsburgh. Um, it's, that is, if it allows me to select him, which it did. Uh, wonderful. Yeah, when you look at Pittsburgh's running back core, James Conner, Trent is much higher on him than I am. But uh, I just don't see him staying healthy for the entirety of the year. He is so fragile. And I want him to succeed, but I just don't believe he can stay on the field. And the Steelers drafted Anthony McFarland in, I believe it was the third or fourth round of the draft this year. Um, they're definitely high on him. It definitely signals that James Conner's time as the Steelers workhorse back is ending. And I think we could see McFarland getting a good chunk of targets or touches yeah, this year. McFarland definitely um, is capable of stealing a few um, carries this season. They draft him for a reason. They're going to have to start working him into the system. I still think James Conner is the back uh, in this Pittsburgh Steelers backfield, but you never know as the season goes on. 
Yeah, absolutely. And Trent, you were on the clock with your last two picks here. Yeah, with my first uh, pick in the or second second to last pick in the fifteenth round, I'm going to go with Alan Lazard. Uh, I really like him, and Aaron Rodgers has to throw to someone. He has Devontae Adams, but after that, he doesn't have that many targets. Someone's going to have to step up in the wide receiver two uh, and wide receiver three positions on the screen by offense. So I found Lazard with my uh, second to last uh, pick in this draft. Yeah, you know, Trent, your last pick in the draft is coming up. And do you have any guys in your mind? You know, I'm really going to look deep here. Um, I'm, I already have, so right now on my roster, I think I have five running backs. And with Lazard, I have six wide receivers. Usually I'd go with another running back or a backup tight end. But just to, you know, give some in, insight and some more positional guys, I'm actually going to go with um, Tyrell Williams um, for the Raiders. I think the Raiders is another team that has a, a limited wide receiver core. Um, they drafted who did they draft again this year, Jeff? Ruggs? Yeah, they, they, Ruggs, they drafted yeah. Ruggs this season, um, but they really don't have that many targets, in my opinion. And Tyra Williams has put up big seasons, especially with the Chargers in the past. So that's going with Tyra Williams uh, to finish out my roster. Yeah, I like it. I mean, Williams got injured last year, but uh, before that, he was putting up pretty good numbers for the Raiders. And with my last pick in the 16th round, I have two guys I'm looking at here, Carlos Hyde and Randall Cobb. And I think I'm going to go with a guy who has a higher upside, in my opinion, and that is Randall Cobb. Realistically, when you look at this Texans team, you have two superior receivers to Cobb with Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks, but both of those guys are so injury-prone I think there's a chance that Randall Cobb could end up being the most productive guy in this Texans offense. Yeah, I mean, Randall Cobb, even though he's aged a bit, he's been in the league a lot. He's the most experienced wide receiver on this team. And like you said, he could be the the most consistent guy in in this uh, wide receiver core. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, our draft has concluded. I think it's time we take a brief look at all 12 teams and we rank them, or at least give who in our minds are the top three teams. So why don't we start at the top with Team Baron, who had the number one overall pick. He took Christian McCaffrey, uh, and I can already see that having the number one overall pick certainly hurt his depth because he went with Lamar Jackson as a quarterback, Christian McCaffrey as his RB1, Darius Geis as his RB2, Tyler Lockett and and T.Y. Hilton are his receivers, George Kittle as his tight end, Will Fuller as his flex, and then on his bench, you have guys like J.K. Dobbins, Damian Williams, and Boston Scott. Honestly, this is a big yikes for me in terms of a team because you have three elite options at QB, running back, and tight end, but both of your wide receivers are very shaky. Darius Geis is by no means a fantasy RB2, so I'm not a huge fan of how Team Baron drafted, but at the same time, he probably wasn't given that many choices due to his lack of depth. Well, another thing he did, you know, a lot, a lot of people won't draft a tight end early. He went with George Kittle early, which there is no problem with. It just leaves you in a spot where the rest of your depth, maybe your RB2 or wide receiver 2 and flex position are affected and hurt quite a bit. But, you know, George Kittle will put up, you know, close to, you know, fringe wide receiver 1 or wide receiver 2 numbers. He's that good of a tight end. So he'll make up for maybe some of the off weeks from Tyler Lockett or a guy like Darius Geis, who we don't know how he'll play this season. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good uh, good point. So, moving on to team number two, we have Team Catazone. And we'll just be uh, glancing over their starters of this point. He's got Aaron Rodgers at QB, Todd Gurley and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as the running backs, Michael Thomas and Terry McLaurin as his wide receivers, Mark Andrews as his tight end, and Mark Ingram as his flex. And we're, n- we're not going to touch on their defensive or uh, kicker choices because in most leagues you're not going to have those uh, options anyway and it doesn't really make or break your fantasy team but I kind of like this team I mean I've stressed that I'm not a fan of Clyde and he took him earlier than I would have liked but he's got elite weapons like Michael Thomas Mark Andrews and Aaron Rodgers uh, at his disposal Todd Gurley in my opinion was a great snag I think he got him in the late second round it might have stretched a little bit but you have to stress to get running backs Trent how do you like yeah this I team? think Clyde ends up making or breaking this team really don't know how he's going to perform but you know Todd Gurley could could potentially put up 20 points a week same thing with Michael Thomas they're big numbers guys who who really who put up a big production 
Uh, and I think he got a steal with Mark Ingram and where he got him in the draft. It was pretty late, and we know he can get a lot of touchdowns during the season. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on to Team 3, we have Team Sabota. We took Carson Wentz as his quarterback, Saquon Barkley and Miles Sanders as his running backs, Kenny Galladay and DJ Chark as his wide receiver, Evan Ingram as his tight end, and Jonathan Taylor as his flex. And, you know, besides Jonathan Taylor as his flex, which I think is a little bit shaky because we could see Jonathan Taylor take quite a long time to become fantasy relevant with Marlon Mack still on that offense, I think this is a really solid team. What about yeah, you, I think Trent? it's a really solid team, too. And, and just to note for his sake, he has Marlon Mack on his bench. The first two guys he went for on the bench were running back, running back with Cam Akers and Marlon Mack. So he did build that running back depth if Jonathan Taylor isn't paired out like we think. But I like really everything he's done. I'm not the highest on Carson Wentz, but, you know, he waited to take a running back. That way he, he could build his core and build up his bench a little bit. I like what he did with his team here. Yeah, absolutely. And then just taking a glance at his bench, you know, you said he did have Marlon Mack, and he's got a trio of low-risk, really high upside receivers in Deshaun Jackson, Nicole Hartman, and Paris Campbell. So Team Sabota, really good job with your draft. I like it a lot. And then moving on, we have Team Paps, who have been stealing my draft picks for the entire night. It's time to look at how he did. Dak Prescott as quarterback, Ezekiel Elliott and Raheem Mostert as his running backs, Adam Thielen, A.J. Brown as his wide receivers, Travis Kelsey as his tight end, and Marquise Brown as his flex. And you know, I'm not a fan of the Mostert selection, but other than that, this is about as good of a team as you're going to get, in my opinion. You have a lot of really good options. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I'm totally in agreement with that, especially with – and something we haven't talked about and we definitely should in later episodes is drafting the starting quarterback and starting running back or the number one wide receiver or maybe the starting tight end of your team, just connecting your quarterback with other players from your team to kind of double your value if it's a high-powered offense like the Cowboys are. So I like what, what he did with Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. And like you touched upon, most are I'm not high on – and at the same time, you know, you know, we could be wrong with him, um, but it, he took that uh, Mostert pick in round five with pick four. If it was me, uh, James Conner was still on the board, and same with Devin Singletary and David Montgomery. So we could have gone a different route and changed that pick up, but, you know, Mostert, you know, could pan out. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, that's really the only question mark for this offense because I'm loving the rest of his picks. Team Paps, you did a tremendous job. With your draft, obviously, I love the Dak and Z connection. Adam Thielen, well, both of us think he's going to be a top 10 fantasy receiver this year. A.J. Brown has tremendous upside. And then you got the number one fantasy tight end from 2019 in Travis Kelsey. And then Marquise Brown is definitely has a really high floor as and a really high ceiling as a flex. So, Team Paps, I'm loving your team. And moving on, we actually have me. All right, Hotline Fantasy. I went with Russell Wilson. Alvin Kamara and Leonard Fournette as my running backs, DJ Moore and Keenan Allen as my receivers, Hayden Hurst as my tight end, and Stephon Diggs as my flex. You know, Trent, we do a lot of mock drafts. This does look quite a bit like how most of them turn out with Keenan Allen and Stephon Diggs on this team. Uh, I'm obviously biased, so I'll just let you analyze yeah, my team. I like what you do with your team. My biggest question mark is, is that tight end, because I'm not as high on Hayden Hurst as you are. I think you did really well getting Diggs to be your flex. I think Diggs is one of the most suitable flex wide receivers or even a, a wide receiver too if you needed a, another wide receiver with Diggs. So like what we did with Diggs. DJ Moore might have been a stretch at your wide receiver one position. You think he's going to break out. A lot of guys like him, and he is the number one target on that Panthers squad. So maybe Moore ends up being a wide receiver one at the end of the season. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I like my team. I think I have a good depth in my bench that I can rely on guys like Julian Edelman or Austin Hooper if, say, DJ Moore isn't all that or Hayden Hurst doesn't turn out the way I'm expecting him. But, yeah, you know, I appreciate the insight. So, moving on, we have Team Inglisa. I went with Kyler Murray as his quarterback, Dalvin Cook and Austin Eckler as his running backs, Allen Robinson and Odell Beckham Jr. as his receivers, Jared Cook as his tight end, and Jarvis Landry as his flex. This is a very complete team. I do not see any obvious holes with this team. Obviously, Jared Cook is not a premium tight end, but he's in a tremendous system in New Orleans. Odell Beckham Jr. is a good wide receiver too. Jarvis Landry, I'm not sure having both Odell and Jarvis Landry in your lineup at the same time is the best option, but you know, we got Dalvin Cook and Austin Eckler as his two running backs, and assuming Cook 
doesn't hold out, this is going to be a really top-notch Yeah, team. I really like with the, his picks at running back, Dalvin Cook and Eckler are a great one-two punch there, and he took them with, their, with his first two picks. Um, as you said, Odell and Laney may be a question mark, but at the same time, we know they can both produce big numbers in that uh, Browns offense. They, they put up decent numbers last year. I'm sure they can do it again, especially if Baker Mayfield can, you know, figure this, this, this thing out. My other question mark for me is Allen Robinson. I just don't like the QBs he has or opposite the QBs he may have this season. The skill, the, the skill level isn't a question um, or the talent's not a question. It's just who his quarterback is going to be. Yeah, that's fair, and I'm very high on Allen Robinson uh, just because he did what he did last year with Mr. Trubisky throwing him the ball. So I think he has another year of Trubisky, then pretty much we get another repeat of the same. And if Nick Foles does step in and take that job, he gets a slight upgrade at quarterback, and we know that he can do it. The question is, can he continue to produce at a high rate? And I think he can. So I love your team, Team Inglisa. Um, You're definitely a top-two option for me so far. And moving on, we have Team Cashin. We went with Deshaun Watson as his quarterback, Chris Carson and James Conner as his running backs, Devontae Adams and Mike Evans as his receiver, Tyler Higby as his tight end, and Juju Smith-Schuster as his flex. And kind of to say, this is by far the most dominant wide receiver core we've seen in a long time. This guy really just dedicated the first three rounds to going all out with his receivers. And as a result, his running back position did suffer a little bit. Chris Carson has top 10 fancy RB upside if he's healthy. Uh, James Conner has pretty good upside if he's healthy too, but obviously the big question mark is can both of these guys stay healthy and stay on the field to produce? But, you know, if they can, I like this team. It's got a lot of upside, but it definitely has a low floor as well, I would say. Yeah, as you mentioned, it was a bold strategy going wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver to start the draft. I am totally against that. I like getting three running backs in the first four rounds or five. Either way, I, I like, um, you know, build my running back core. I think his running backs, uh, you know, could struggle. Chris Carson does have some competition with Rashad Penny um, if they both end up being healthy. I'm a little bit higher on James Conner than you are. I think he's going to put up a, a pretty good season. And I think he got Conner at a good spot. Um, but there definitely is some question marks on his running back depth. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, if if they stay healthy and they produce, then, you know, props to him. He's He's got a really dynamic receiving core. I do not think I've seen Juju as a flex in any of yeah, our drafts. Either. Yeah. So moving on, we have Team Dupre, who went with one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history. I think you can say that already. And he's definitely getting paid like it. As you mentioned, the $503 million man, Patrick Mahomes. Melvin Gordon and Ronald Jones as running back, Julio Jones, Chris Godwin as his receivers, Rob Gronkowski, and DK Metcalf. This team, pretty middle of the pack for me. I know Trent's not going to be high on Ronald Jones as his second RB, and I kind of second that as well. Um, I love the receiving core he has, Julio and Chris Godwin. He went wide receiver with his first two picks, clearly, and this has a chance to be a really deadly duo. Rob Gronkowski is a little overrated because he's in such a crowded offense, in my opinion. But, yeah, I think Ronald Jones is going to make or break this team as the second running back. Yeah, Ronald Jones is definitely the biggest question mark on this offense. I think other than Ronald Jones, this may be my favorite team so far that I've seen. Um, Really? I like Pat Mahomes a lot. I mean, I don't like taking quarterback that high. But if you are, Pat Mahomes is the guy to take. Um, I think Melvin Gordon is going to put up a good season and he will be the workhorse back and Lindsay's not going to um, hinder his way to success. Julio Jones, we, we both agree, is like a top five wide receiver of all time. Godwin, if he plays more out of the slot, we'll see success uh, with, with Brady. My biggest question mark is having both Godwin and Gronkowski. That's a, a big no-no for me just because they're going to be competing for touches. I wouldn't be starting both of them, but I'm also – a huge fan of his flex with DK Metcalf, and he stole Metcalf from me. So props to you, Team Dupree, on that. Um, but I, I like like three or four players a lot on this team, but then there's like a question mark or two as well. Yeah. So moving on, we have Team Ozeata, and I'm so sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Uh, not the best with names. And just from the looks of it, he did the exact opposite of Team Casham, and he went running back, running back, running back with his first three picks. He has Tom Brady, Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, 
uh, Cooper Cup, my apologies, and Devontae Parker as receivers, Darren Waller as tight end, and David Johnson at the flex. So he definitely did go running back with his first three choices. Um, he definitely solidified a really strong core there, but as a result, his wide receivers did suffer. I don't feel comfortable having the, uh, Cooper Cup as my wide receiver one. Devontae Parker is a fine wide receiver two option, and Darren Waller, he got good value where he got him, I think, in the uh, sixth round it was. So can't hate on this team. The biggest question mark for me is Cooper Cup because I'm higher on Robert Woods this year in that Rams offense, but – I like what he did with the running I mean, backs. Based on what Cooper Cup produced last season, he is a top five wide receiver. So if this guy's a believer, um, if Oziada is a believer in Cooper Cup, then there's no problem having him as your wide receiver one. I don't think he's going to perform as he did last season, at least with those numbers, and be a wide receiver one. But like the rest of his team, he, he did what I did, go running back, Henry, uh, running back heavy. Excuse me. He went with Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, which I think is probably the best one-two punch you may be able to to create with, you know, your first and second round picks. So big fan of that. Not really high on Tom Brady. Um, and I think, like you said, he got good value with Darren Waller as well. Yeah. So, you know, I like how we drafted. Um, if it, was, it really just comes down to his running backs because we are not his running backs, his wide receivers, because we know Derek Henry and Josh Jacobs are going to get 20 plus touches per week. So it just depends on if Cooper Cup and Devontae Parker can produce. But, you know, I like the strategy. Moving on, we have Team Nut who went with Matt Ryan as his quarterback, Nick Chubb and Devin Singletary at the running back position, Tyreek Hill, Amari Cooper at wide receiver, Zach Ertz at tight end, and DeAndre Swift at flex. And I think this is a pretty solid team. Um, DeAndre Swift, I know he's a fan favorite now in uh, Detroit because people are just tired of Kerryon Johnson getting hurt literally every time he gets touched. Uh, I'm not sure I feel comfortable starting him as my flex, but if he wins that job, then I definitely would. And other than that, he went with pretty safe options for his team. Yeah, I, I'd say so far, um, I think this is the 10th team we've seen. This would be my favorite team um, outside or my people that, you know, that aren't you and I. I think Matt Ryan is going to have an amazing season. I don't think Hunt really competes with Chubb for touches that much, at least carries-wise. So I like Chubb. Singletary is your RB2. is a very solid pick. Hill and Cooper are a good one-two punch. And people sleep on Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is a lot better and people give him credit for. He's one of the more consistent tight ends in NFL history, to be honest with you. Other than being injured, Zach Ertz is a great tight end. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely is. I mean, he's in a perennial top five option uh, in fantasy for that position. So he's definitely being slept on this year. Moving on, we have you, DJ Trent, Trent Henrich. You went with Drew Brees as your quarterback, Aaron Jones, Le'Veon Bell, DeAndre Hopkins, Cortland Sutton, Hunter Henry and David Montgomery, you know, drafting with you for so long, this is a proto- prototypical Trent Henrich team. Honestly, this looks like a team that I would draft too, besides Aaron Jones, because I know you're much higher on him this year than me. Uh, we think the same when it comes to fantasy football, and I love what you did here. I love David Montgomery as a flex. Uh, I think that's you really it's a really low risk situation. You have him in there, but he's got so much upside being that workhorse back, considering they're going to feature him. Your wide receiver core is really nasty with DeAndre Hopkins and Cortland Sutton. Hunter Henry is going to be a top five tight end, in my opinion, this year. Aaron Jones and Le'Veon Bell maybe a bit riskier a running back, but they both have the talent to be top ten backs. I really like what you did here. Yeah, and I'm a bench guy too. I love bulking up my bench. I have Adrian. I have Adrian on my bench who could have could put up 200 points this season. I think he's projected like 192. James White's a really good PPR running back. I'm high on Emmanuel Sanders. I have a top five wide receiver of all time in Larry Fitzgerald. So I think that, you know, even if my starting guys don't work out, I have very suitable replacements for them on my bench. Yeah, absolutely. All right, moving on. We have the 12th and final team, Team Travascus. And just looking at it, looks like a team built up of my favorite picks in drafts besides maybe Kenyon Drake, who was his RB1. But we have Josh Allen at quarterback, Kenyon Drake at RB1, Joe Mixon at RB2, Robert Woods and Calvin Ridley as your receiving core, Mike Jacecki at tight end, and Kareem Hunt at flex. Trent, I know you're not going to like the Hunt pick at flex, but I love this team. I mean, this is a Jeff team. Other than Kenyon Drake, I mean, this is a team I think I've seen Jeff draft before. Oh, um, absolutely. He'd probably just replace Kenyon Drake with maybe, uh, I don't know, yeah, Josh probably Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, or if he's not there, maybe Austin Eckler. Um, 
but Robert Woods can't really – you love those offices at wide receiver. Kaseki more of a question mark. You love Kareem Hunt. And on his bench, not to mention, he has Brandon Cooks and Jordan Howard, who you talk about almost every episode of the rollout. Um, so I could – this this is Jeff Pratt drafting, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Team Carvascus, I'm living uh, through you right now. And I'm going to go ahead and say that you – are one of my top three choices for this draft. I just love what you did. I think every position you have has major upside. Uh, if Kareem Hunt doesn't work out, like Trent said, you have Brandon Cooks and Jordan Howard on your bench. You know, I just love what you did. And you know, Trent, let's go through and pick three teams that are our favorite that were not okay. us. Uh, so I'm going to go with Team Travaskis, and then I'm going to go with Team Pabst. Uh, besides the Moster pick, uh, I love what you did. And Mostert, you know, he has a solid floor as an RB2, so I can't really argue with that. But other than that, I love your team. And then as my third team, I'm going to go with Team Inglisa just because he's got so many really talented players on his team. And uh, if you look at the Browns, if they put it together with Odell and Jarvis Landry in his lineup, he could be looking at serious production. Yeah, in no specific order, just going down the list of the three I would choose, I'd go with Team Pabst. I like having the Daxi connection. And I like his wide receivers a lot as well. And he has Kelsey at tight end, not to mention that. Uh, my next guy would be Team Oziata. Uh, I love how he went running back heavy. His first three picks, he's like, I'm getting all the running backs I can get. And I don't mind having Cooper Cup as your number one wide receiver option. And the last guy I'd go with is Team Nut. I'm, I'm a big fan of almost everyone he drafted. A little question mark on his flex. I don't, I'm not a big fan of Swift, but I like having Matt Ryan, Chubb, Singletary, and Hill, big fan of what you did there. Great job. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a wrap on this episode of The Rollout. This was definitely something different, and it took a little longer than we were expecting, but I had a lot of fun trying to help you out a lot of fun, and we'll probably come out with a few episodes like this down the line. You know, we hope you enjoyed, and we'll be back Thursday, as always, with another episode. Stay safe out there, everyone.